So welcome to Exodus 19, A Nation Married to Y'all with your host, Richard Massey. Decided to come on on a Friday evening. Just got off from work. And I just felt like doing a podcast today. Hope there's nothing wrong with that. Man, the weekend is finally here. Man, good stuff, good stuff. So I hope that you guys are having a blessed Friday. And I pray that whatever you you and your family are going through, that Yah gives you the strength to go through it. Today I'm going to be reading from Jeremiah 21, or Jeremiah 21. This one is a really short uh, chapter, but if you've been following me, you know that I just believe that the world is in a real bad place. Looking at the uh, war that's going on in Jerusalem, the Gaza Strip, you're looking at uh, Russia and Ukraine. I'm looking at the crime that's going on in our cities and it's really, really getting bad. I've never, I was talking to somebody today and I was saying that I just did not remember when women were getting killed with automatic weapons or with weapons at any point uh, as they are today. Like, it's no holds barred now. Men are just, they're killing women faster than they kill men. And I've been on this kick for the last year that whoever these children of Israel really are, I know a lot of the Hebrew Israelites say that we are the chosen ones, and I do believe that. Or the actual ones over in Israel. It just seems like somebody better apologize to Yah. Because nothing's going to change for the better if we don't. And that's for certain. Nothing is going to change for the better. Unless we first, I don't care how smart and educated we are, unless we first apologize to Yah. And that brings me to the point of the two verses in scripture that I read now since last week. Two scriptures we we read before we start. It is 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, whoever you are, which are called by my name, the real ones, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal heal their land. And you won't have your sins forgiven and you won't have your land healed. If you don't, humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. That's the condition in order for you to, for him to hear from heaven. And then Matthew 6:33. But seek first the reign of Elohim and his righteousness, and all these matters shall be added unto you. Right? So those are the two verses that we start off reading first. And uh then we'll go off to Yerman Yahoo 21. 
So let's start at two. Well, let's try one. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going to try to run away from these these names up here. Yerman Yahoo twenty one one. The word that came to Yerman Yahoo from Yahuwah when sovereign Hezekiah sent to him Pashur son of Melchiah to Shephani the son of Manasseh the priest saying to. He said, please inquire of Yahuwah on our behalf. For Nebuchadnezzar, son of sovereign of Babylon, Babylon has started fighting against us. It might be that Yahuwah deals with us according to all his wondrous works so that he would draw from us. So ask Yah if he would help us to get this guy off our back, right? It might be that he will, uh, according to all his wondrous works, so that he would draw himself from us. Three, but Yerman Yahu said to them, Say this to Hezekiah. Four, thus says Yahuwah, Elohim of Israel, see, I am turning back the weapons of battle that are in your hands with which you fight against the sovereign or the king of Babel and the Chaldeans who besiege you outside the wall, and I shall gather them inside the city. So this is Yahweh saying to Yerman Yahu to go and tell the people of Israel that I, not only am I setting this war up against you, but you're going to lose. Because you did not follow my covenant commandment. You did not follow, you did not have belief in my word. You turned away from Genesis 12. So you're going to lose this battle. And I fight every day to follow to the best of my ability covenant commandment. Especially covenants and commandments one and two. To love Yahweh my Elohim with all my heart, soul, and mind so that he would bless my life and bless my family's life. Because before, I feel like all I had to do was, and this is, you know what I think is a trick? I think if we can get a hold of the our wordings and definitions, that we intend in our life, like just to say, try not to sin. So if I was saying this to somebody in the Christian faith, they would say, well, we don't have to follow the law, but we don't, we try not to sin like what you're saying. We try not to sin. But my thing is, but a Christian won't follow the day of Sabbath. He won't follow, he or she won't follow the feast, the feast days. They don't follow the dietary law because they don't think that it's necessary anymore. But if you just take my word for it and go to Genesis 12 and just look at the unconditional covenant that Elohim made with Abraham and promising him that he would be the father of many nations. And then you go to Genesis 15, 
And you'll see Abraham come back to Elohim. And he will ask him, how do I know that that promise that you gave me in Genesis 12 is going to come about? You will see a different reading or temperature to where Elohim is now going to tell Abraham to get a couple animals and open them up so that there can now be a blood covenant. And in this covenant arrangement, which is now going to be conditional, if, if you mess up, somebody's going to have to die. And that right there is when Yahshua HaMashiach is going to be needed. Because the one that's going to die for the sins is going to be Yahshua. So when people say that Yahshua died on the cross and he died for my sins, let me see how far I can go with this, this uh, explanation. When you say that Yahshua died on the cross for your sins, that's not 100% true. Yahshua, number one, died on the cross to cover Genesis 15, the conditional covenant that we broke, and especially in Exodus 34, when we, when we built the golden calf. He died on the cross to free you from the sins that you've done, and he is a kinsman redeemer, right? We read about that in the book of Ruth. He's a kinsman redeemer. He's related to you. He's now your father, right? He is a kinsman redeemer till now. Just following the guidelines of Ruth, he is able to buy back your land and justify the wrong that's done to you. But you know what else he's for? He's to turn your hearts back to the father, back to Genesis 12. This is the same thing that Elijah did. Elijah's job was to turn back the hearts of the children to the father. Elisha, who was dealing with Ahab and dealing with Jezebel. Jezebel was known for having her prophets, right? 400 prophets. And she would kill the prophets of Yah. What was Elisha's job? to take the prophets out, and to turn the hearts of the children back to the Father. Every priest and prophet's job was to turn the hearts of the children back to the Father. Even Yahshua HaMashiach, he said, I come not in my Father's name, but I am come to turn your hearts back to the Father. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. I come to fulfill Genesis 12. I don't know how we got here. But 5 says, and myself shall fight against you with the outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in displeasure and rage and great wrath. 6. And I shall smite the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast. Let them die of a great pestilence. And this is what Yahshua is saying to the children of Israel. Seven, and afterwards declare Yahuwah, I give Hezekiah, sovereign of Yehuda, 
of Judah, his servants and the people, and such as are left in the city from the pestilence and the sword and the scarcity of food into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. So he's assisting Nebuchadnezzar and taking over Jerusalem and, and Jehuda and Yehuda. Yeah, he says, I give Hezekiah, the sovereign or the king of Yehuda, and his servants and the people as such as left in this city from the pestilence and the sword and the scarcity of food into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, the sovereign of Babel, into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. And he shall smite them with the edge of the sword, and he shall not pardon them. He's going to do what he feels is necessary, nor spare, nor have compassion. You don't feel like that today? Like there's no compassion in the world at all. It's about grinding everyone down to power. It's about seeing who is going to be left. Driving home on the expressway. Everybody's cutting each other off. Hey, and you shall also say to these people, thus says Yahweh, see, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Because I told you in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, I set life before you. Everything based around covenant commandment, I told you that if you follow my word and if you follow covenants one and two and you love me with all your heart, mind and soul, that I will give you healing. I will give you prosperity as far as food and shelter and protection and long life. He said, and if you don't, right? Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. So in 8, when he says, you shall also say to these to this people, thus says Yahweh, see, I set before you the way of life. I'm telling you how to live and be prosperous. And the way of death, I'm telling you, if you don't, you're going to die with great suffering. So when you have people telling you today, that God is going to do great things in your life. That depends on how you're living. Because I always used to say, and I use this illustration, you ever see a car commercial? And let's say you have like a, a Cadillac commercial. And they have a picture of the car. And there's a price a month. There's a monthly price for that car. And it might say $4.99 a month for this 2024 Cadillac uh, CT5, right? But then at the bottom, there's this really small print disclaimer that's telling you that this car is only for those that put down a certain amount of money and those that have a certain credit score. That's who's going to get this car for $4.99. So let's say you're not putting no money down, and let's say your credit score is horrible. 
and you walk into that store and you say, hey, listen, I'm here for the Cadillac CT5 because you said that it was going to cost me $4.99. So the man takes your information and runs everything and see that your credit score is a 400 and then at least ask you how much you're putting down and you say nothing based on what you've seen on the TV. He's going to kick you out the store. He might give you a scooter to ride back home with, and that's if he has one sitting in the corner. Because at the end of the day, you don't qualify. And I think that's how it is with a lot of us. We read certain scriptures that give us blessing and comfort. I don't think we qualify. Because I always wanted to do a study on what people think faith is. So I say to somebody, what is faith? And they say, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. So what does that mean to you today? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Huh. So let's say he's talking to me and he's asking me what faith is. But is it a house? Because what has Yah said to me lately? See, I can't even really use that on myself because I'm going under the premise of covenant commandment. So I'm definitely trying to walk how I think this verse is laying out for me. So let's just take Abraham. So if you say to Abraham, faith is the substance of something hoped for, but it's the evidence of that thing that you cannot see yet. So I have a microphone in my hand and I'm holding it to Father Abraham and I'm saying, Father Abraham, can you explain that verse to me? Faith is the thing of something hoped for. And it's the evidence of that thing that I see. And I believe that Father Abraham will say, son, this is what I think. This is what this means to me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What am I hoping for? I'm hoping for when, when Elohim was talking to me in Genesis 12. When he told me that I was going to be the father of many nations, and when he told me that I could look to the north and to the south, and to the west and to the east, and he told me that wherever I placed my foot, that was mine. Even though I don't have a child yet to start my lineage, the faith is that he said it, and I can't see it right now because it's just beginning. That's the evidence of something that I cannot see. So that to me seems like Abraham is going off of covenant. Because honestly, if you were homeless and somebody said to you, God's going to give you a house. And he's going to give you a job first. And you're going to make great pay. And then you're going to get a house. Do you think that a 300 and something thousand dollar house that the, when the, to where the contract is laid out by a company, 
that they deem to you what type of interest rate you get. They tell you how much the house is worth. They tell you how much they want you to pay. They tell you what day you're going to pay the house on. If you don't pay the house on that particular day, you get a late fee. You get a 15-year or 30-year mortgage. If your roof leak, you have to get it fixed. If your pipes leak, you have to get it fixed. If your electric go out, you have to get that fixed. And if you can't pay your bill, you lose your house. Do you think that's from Yah, that that's a blessing? Because that's what I learned in the church. That every time somebody see you with something nice, they think that Yah blessed you. Do you think that, that that's Yah's blessed, best giving you something under man's watch? So Yah gives me a house, but the whole thing is under an evil man's wording that I have to do everything to keep this house that he tells me to do that's in his contract for me because I get no say-so? That's a blessing from Elohim? Because I can't... And I used to say, man, that is true. Because I have a nice car. Because I have a nice house. That I am blessed. That's not a blessing. Because let's flip, the, let's flip it the other way around. Say, Yah, don't give you nothing. Say you don't have a house. Say you are struggling. Is he now evil? Because you can take a thing and make Yah to be your enemy or your friend based on what you have. So when, when he says, see, I set before you the way of life, and I set before you the way of death. It's all based on covenant. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 is life. And Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68 is death. It's all the bad things going to happen in your life based on what? Based on job? No. Based on covenant. All the good things in Deuteronomy 28, from 1 to 14, that he said he's going to give you life. Based on what? Based on education? No. Based on covenant. Based on commandment. Based on what he says. When he says, uh, honor the Sabbath. And your body is saying, I don't understand why this is making sense to y'all for me to honor the Sabbath. I don't see what he's saying, you don't have no faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yah said, obey the Sabbath. I don't know what he has behind it because I can't see it, but I believe because he said it. And it's the evidence of something that I cannot see. Wow. Nine, whoever stays in this city dies by the sword, by scarcity of food, and by pestilence. But whoever goes out and shall go over to the Chaldeans who besiege you is going to live. And his life shall be as a prize to him. For I have set my face against this city for evil and not for good, declares Yahweh. Man, he is not playing. And it is given into the hands of the sovereign of Babylon. And he shall burn it with fire. 
11. And to the house of the sovereign of Yehuda says, say, hear the words of Yahweh. 12. O, Dave, o house of David, thus says Yahweh, render right rulings in the morning and deliver him who has been robbed out of the hand of the oppressor. Lest my wrath go out like fire and burn with no one to quench it. And why does he say he's doing this? Because of the evil of your deeds. See, 13, see, I am against you, O inhabitant of the valley, rock of the plain, declares Yahuwah, who are saying, who will come down against us and who will come into our dwellings? Oh, nothing's going to happen to us. We good. You know you're not living right, but nothing's going to happen to, to us. You good because Yah love us. But you're not paying attention to the fact that he gave you instructions. 14, and I shall punish you according to the fruits of your deeds, declares Yahweh. And I shall kindle a fire in, the, in, in its forest, and it shall consume all that is around her. And I believe that because we are not honoring covenant commandment, but because we are doing what we want to do, that we are killing our families and our communities. And I do strongly believe that. So like I said, this was a quick one. I did run my mouth a little bit. I ran my mouth. I do apologize. But this is, uh, I'm done. So I hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your Friday night. We're about to head into the Sabbath in like another hour. So don't forget to subscribe. What am I reading here? So this is just a reminder that this podcast is on Spotify. You can find that on Spotify as Richard's Podcast. Richard's Podcast, if you're looking for me on Spotify. I'm also on Instagram under X, uh, under 19 under, underscore Exodus. 19 underscore Exodus. I am also live on YouTube as 19 Exodus Richard Massey. 19 Exodus, Richard Massey. I'm, I'm live on YouTube. So don't forget to like my page and to share my page where it applies. And don't forget to hit the notification button. And let's give Elohim and Yahshua a round of applause. You're worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the, to the going down of the same. And don't forget to subscribe as well. And if you do find yourself on my page, Give me a comment. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Give me a comment. Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, and I'd like to also give a shout out to my man Richard Turner for my background music. I appreciate you guys. I hope that you have a good night. And shalom. <laughs>